Good evening. I'm Sarah, one of the pastors here at Hope, and this evening um, I want to welcome everyone that's here and also those of you joining us online as we are in a new sermon series starting in this new year called Stronghold. And during this season and sermon series, we will be looking at those temptations to sin that we wrestle with daily and, and become like a stronghold in our life. Like sometimes they can just get a grip on us that we don't know how to shake. And, and we're going to be looking at those. Commonly, we call these the, the seven deadly sins. Like that's the most common phrase that we hear. And as we look at each one during this series, we will consider Christ, who he is, his teaching, his truth, and his grace, and how his grace has the power to set us free from those strongholds so that he may become our true and faithful stronghold. And it recalls to a Psalm 18, verse 2, these words. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So that's our hope and our prayer during the season, that if you wrestle with one of these earthly strongholds, that by the end you are encouraged to look to Christ and have him be your stronghold. With that, uh, tonight we're going to Take a look at the topic, at the sin, the seven deadly sin of lust. Before we begin, let us have a word of prayer. I'm going to need it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you thanks and praise this day for the opportunity to gather as your people freely to worship you and to get honest with you and with ourselves about the temptations and the sins that we deal with uh, regularly. Um, some of them more than others, but Lord, to, to be honest about them. But then to hear from you, to hear your grace and your truth, so that we may be free, free for you. So God, I would ask that you would help us to open up our hearts, our minds, our very lives to you now, so that you can speak right to us during this time, whatever we need to hear from you, so that you can be the, the giver and the author and the stronghold of our life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I didn't know how to start the sermon, so I'm going to start with confession. When I was in middle school, uh, I really loved one movie, one movie in particular. Every sick day that I had at home, there was one VHS, that's right, I said it, VHS, that went into the tape player when I was sick, and that was Terminator 2. Nothing made me feel better than Arnold Schwarzenegger and John Connor and Sarah Connor fighting evil for good, right? And so uh, I really, 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 when I was in middle school, I really, really liked the character, the actor who played John Connor. So much so, and his name, if you don't know his name, his name is obscure, Edward Furlong was his name. And that's the actor's name. And what I ended up doing in middle school for a few years, because I loved this movie so much, and particularly John Connor, I would go to the local drugstore. I would save up my allowance money. I would go to the local drugstore, and I would buy magazines, one magazine in particular, where this actor was almost always in it, and it was this one. Can we show it? Yeah, Bop, Bop magazine. 
And if you, I mean, if you've never heard of this magazine, I'm really dating myself here. Um, but this is like what I would choose because it had all of the Hollywood heartthrobs. And, and it says that there were articles in there. It was just pictures. It was just pictures of all the Hollywood heartthrobs. And what I would do is I would take out all the pictures of Edward Furlong. I would take them out and I would post them on my wall. So for a few years, all I saw every day when I opened my eyes and when I closed them to sleep was Edward Furlong, John Connor. So imagine my surprise when I went to church one day. I'm in confirmation. I'm still supposed to start listening to the sermon, right? And all of a sudden, pastor starts preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, particularly Jesus' teaching on adultery. And I hear the words that if your eyes cause you to sin, that you're supposed to pluck them out and cast them aside better for you to lose a body part than to fall and stumble into sin. And all of a sudden, like, it's starting to sink in, like, oh my goodness. Like, all these pictures on the wall, this isn't good. And so, those pictures came down when I was about 15. And, uh, and I realized that the problem, the problem wasn't the actor who played John Connor. The problem was with me where my mind, where my heart, and where my time was spent. I hadn't considered how my obsession with that particular actor and his pictures could be seen as a dishonor to my future spouse, to the actor that I was looking at, and even to God. Because lust, the the sin of lust isn't about them. It's about what's in here. It's about us. And you see, this problem of lust is about the sin that's at work in our lives. It's about not seeing ourselves and seeing others as we truly are. Which if we go all the way back to Genesis, what do we learn about who we are? Each one of us are image bearers of God. Each one of us is precious children of God. And so because of sin at work in us and in this world, that gets lost a lot of times. Now I want to be clear about something. I want to be really, really clear about something. That, uh, that when we talk about lust, I'm not talking about desire because desire for our spouse, is part of the good gift that God would have for us in our marriages. That's a good gift. But due to the age-old problem of sin at work in us in the world, the desire that we are supposed to have for our spouse, sometimes it gets turned around, it gets morphed, it can distorted, and it turns into unhealthy preoccupation, obsession, with outward things, with others. Because sin at work in us causes us, in our hearts, to stop seeing people, others, and even ourselves, to stop seeing others whom we're called to respect and to love sacrificially. We stop seeing them as image bearers and instead we see them and even ourselves as objects to be consumed. That's at the heart 
of lust. And so while Bop Magazine might seem harmless at first, it's pretty and pink and all those things, right? The constant sexualization of people in our culture and world, it makes avoiding the temptation of lust really difficult. Because as I grew up, the, the, those covers of the magazines, they never went away, right? And, and unfortunately, lust, if we give in to it, it can lead us down some really dark and hurtful places. Yes, Jesus calls it out. Adultery, that's one of the places. Another place is, is addiction to pornography. Then there's predatory mindsets and behaviors that can set in too. And when it becomes systemic, it turns into human trafficking. This is the problem of lust at work in us and in our world. Yes, it's a sin. It's a deadly sin because of the destruction and the hurt that it causes. But there's also hope. There's also hope. And this is where I want to leave us. This is where I want to get us to at the end of this, of this message. You see, 1 John chapter 2 the author writes this. He says, do not love the world or, or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. And the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides or lives forever. Yes, lust of the eyes and of the flesh. And if you're catching on to, to what John's writing about, it's not just about sex. It's not. Lust is about a preoccupation with the things of this world. We forget, <laughs> we become so preoccupied with the world that we forget that there's this whole other side to us and to the actual world and creation and all that there is, this side that God rules over, this spiritual part of us. It's not an either or, it's a both and. And so John reminds us that there is one who lives eternally and when we are in him, we will live eternally too to not become so preoccupied with what's of this world, but instead fix our eyes on the one who is eternal so that we too can have eternal life. Why would we give all of our attention, all of our energy, all of our time with things that are passing away? That's what John is saying. Why would you give all of yourself to this? Instead, give your time, energy, and attention to the one who is the author and the giver of life eternal life. I think there's no better example in the Bible of who God is and his love and the life that's in him and especially with this wrestling of lust. I think there's no better example in the Bible than King David. King David was described as a man after God's own heart. And, and from, from a young man, from a boy, with David and Goliath, he went up against Goliath, that, that Philistine, right? And, and God just poured out his spirit on him, but, but David fell. David became preoccupied with something of this world. 
he was up on the roof, and, and, he, and he noticed as he looked out that there was a woman bathing on the top of a roof nearby. Her name was Bathsheba. Her husband, Uriah, served in David's army. He became so preoccupied with her, rather than continuing to look to God, he became so preoccupied that he brought her into his house. He laid with her and then sent her home. She became pregnant. This became a problem because Uriah came back from war and he wouldn't be with his wife. He would refused. And yet Bathsheba was pregnant. So David put Uriah on the front line. Uriah was killed. David brought Bathsheba into his house, married her. She became his wife. He thought everything was fine. But that preoccupation, he couldn't quite escape it. And finally, a prophet, Nathan, came. You can read all about this in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. But Nathan came and pretty much called out David. <laughs> and when David realized his mistake, when he realized that he, his eyes were on the Lord, what did he say? And when he, he had someone killed, and Bathsheba, man, she lost a lot. He said, I had sinned against the Lord. I have sinned against the Lord. And so David, even though Nathan said, you're going to lose your life because of what you did. And, 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 and then Nathan says, no, because you, you recognize your sin, all right, you won't lose your life. But the baby that Bathsheba's carrying isn't going to make it. David went into grief, into mourning, into pain. And out of this grief and mourning of pain because of his sin and the consequence of his sin, he wrote Psalm 51. He wrote this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. King David did the first thing. Whenever we confront any of these sins, yes, we're talking about lust tonight, but through this whole sermon series, I want to encourage you, anytime you bump up against your sin, the first thing that we can learn from David is to repent, to confess our sin, and to turn from our sin, from those habits, from those behaviors that capture you in its grip. Because what we learn is this, is that God will forgive you. In fact, earlier in that letter, uh, that first letter of John, we, we hear in chapter one these words that, that John wrote before he talked about the flesh and the world. He talked about this. He said this, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sin, God who is faithful and just, he will forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. David, he confessed, he repented, and he wrote these words next. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. 
So David repented, but then he did this. He removed. He asked God to remove, take the factors that tempt him away. And, and so that's, that's one thing we have to do, right? We have to ask God, remove, help us. I'm going to do my best to remove myself. For me, it was taking down the Bop magazine pictures, right? But maybe for you, if you wrestle with lust, maybe if it's through electronics, your phone, your laptop, you're seeing things on the internet you shouldn't be looking at, you know that it's damaging your relationship with your spouse, those around you, and your relationship with God. Well, guess what? You can give someone else access to your phone, to your laptop, so that you have like built-in accountability. It takes away that temptation. Or maybe you need to block certain people or stop spending time with folks that you know cause you to stumble in your temptation and give in to lust. So we remove, but then we do something else, which David wrote about, and that's replace. So we repent, we remove, and we replace. We seek Instead of that thing that, that tempts us in that temptation of lust and that sin of lust, we replace those habits with God-pleasing ways to fill our, our time and our headspace that lust previously preoccupied. What are some of those things that we can replace? Being in God's word. Being in God's word. If you don't have a daily habit yet of, of being in God's word and hearing his promises, his love for you that's written on every page, I want to encourage you to start now. You can join us for Deeply Rooted in person on Sunday mornings at 1045 where pastors lead the Deeply Rooted Bible study. You, or if you're not really a reader, you're more of a listener, we have a podcast where we as pastors, we talk about the scripture, we unpack it for you, we discuss it. You can listen to the podcast on our website. It's, I think it's also on Spotify and Amazon, like all the, all the platforms, right? All the platforms, Ben, okay. So you get into God's word. Join a small group. There's also things called living free groups that are starting up January 18th. On January 18th, these living free groups, they're, they're groups that address areas in our lives where we have strongholds to sin. And what we learn in these small groups in the, is, is how to overcome them through a relationship with Jesus, to get into God's word, and to build a stronger relationship with Christ so he can become our true stronghold. So please consider joining Deeply Rooted or a Living Free group this winter. Because when we replace our old habits for new ones, God replaces our old eyes, our old ears, our old hearts for new ones. Instead of having a desire for the world and the flesh, he fills us with a desire for more of him. He fills us with a sense of that we are more than just our bodies. We're both and. We're our bodies and we're spirits. We hold God's Holy Spirit within us when we believe in him. And when we look at others and when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we don't just see human flesh. We see image bearers of God. We see children of God. And when we see God's work within us, we can be inspired 
inspired to be faithful to our spouse or future spouse, right? Being inspired to be faithful to them because God was first faithful to us in Christ. And, we're, and when we look to God in scripture over and over, we learn that Jesus is our true joy. And when we look at ourselves, the world around us, we see ourselves more clearly. Beloved children of God, freed from sin through Christ's death, through his body, through his blood, and through his resurrection. And that hurting place where lust may have let us down, Jesus has the power to forgive, redeem, and restore. That is the good news that we have. May we hold this and know this to be true. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I give you thanks and praise for who you are, for creating us, putting your image in us, and then calling us to faith in you so we can become your children. So God, that, that these strongholds in our life, strongholds like lust, that can, that can just deteriorate our relationships with you and with one another. God, we thank you for Jesus Christ who forgives us. Help us to hand over, to confess and hand over that sin so God, you can replace that sin with your righteousness, your goodness, and your mercy. Help us to live into the new life that you call us to so that more and more people can see you at work in us and come to a healing and freeing relationship with you too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.